This is a Rooster Teeth production. June 15, 1904. A group of churchgoers from Manhattan are headed to a summer picnic in Long Island. It's a trip that the group have made for several years, and today's voyage shouldn't be any different. An afternoon of fun to end the school year. But instead, the joyous outing turned into a disaster. It would virtually wipe an entire community off the map of Manhattan, and it would be New York's worst loss of life until September 11th, 2001. I'm Charlotte. I'm Patrick. I'm Brian. Ahoy and welcome aboard Ship Hits the Fan, a podcast about some of history's most notable uh uh-ohs and whoopsies on the high seas. We got a bleak one for you today, gang. Mm -hmm. Say that right off the top. This one is a a big bummer alert. Oh, good. It's just, yeah, it's really, really sad. So just know that going in that uh, just everything that happens, you know, I mean, some, some of these are a little bit more lighthearted, you know, it's, it's kind of fun when nobody gets hurt and we can just kind of talk about, you know, the absurdity of it all. This one is just very, very tragic. Yeah. It's pretty bad. It's come to my attention that these flowery introductions have been called cringe and I've made listeners wince. I won't fight you. Rather, I'd invite you, friends, to run aground with me and camp overnight on the shores of my needless adjectives, gazing up at a night sky bright with poorly thought out analogies. Maybe in the morning, you'll look kindly upon my dribble and offer me the kindness of your ear. Or skip forward 15 seconds. I won't stop you. Yeah. It's your podcast app. There's a button that does There's it. There's a button that does it. Yeah. Automatically. Yeah. And it's so short. It's so it's short. It's not like Mark Marin where you have to skip forward 15 minutes. No, no. This is quick. Yeah. It's brief, in and out. You don't even have to hear me. Just, yeah. you know, there's actually, there should be a button that skips all the Charlotte parts. <laughs> that wouldn't, that's actually not bad. I'd... Remind me to talk to yeah, R&D. Yeah, we look into that. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, general housekeeping. Uh, thank you for listening to the show. Please rate it. Please review it. Please subscribe, follow, love it, need it. You got to have it. <laughs> yeah. The P.S. General Slocum was a side wheel passenger steamboat that was built in 1891. It was 250 feet long with a hole built of white oak and yellow pine. Ooh. The ship was built with three decks, three watertight compartments, and 250 electric lights. Not bad. It's a beautiful picturesque. Yeah. Uh, vessel. It's it's definitely if you think of a steamboat in your mind, this pops up. Or like I don't know about y'all, but in the south, some of those like riverboat casinos. Sure, yeah, yeah. Like this is like a cartoonish version of one. Of yeah, them. it kind of looks like a super, like a supercharged riverboat casino. Yeah, like it's bigger, but it has that same kind of look and feel to it. Very very mm-hmm. Mark Twainy, or yeah, uh, yeah. or maybe more apt is Mel Gibson's Maverick. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that movie actually rocks. So uh, anyway, <laughs> powering. That was a good movie. Yeah. Better than it should be. Uh, but mm-hmm. powering the side wheel boat was a single cylinder surface condensing vertical beam steam engine. Two boilers supplied the steam and the ship had a maximum speed of about 16 knots or more than 18 miles per hour. Okay. Decent clip. Yeah. The General Slocum was named after the Civil War general and New York Congressman Henry Warner Slocum. It was owned by the Knickerbocker Steamboat Company and operated as an excursion steamer, Hmm. taking passengers for tours around the New York City area. The Slocum could legally accommodate 2,500 passengers. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, like like I said, it's like a supercharged steamship. Yeah, it's it's like a... (laughs) 
I don't know. It's like the Avengers helipad carrier, like the the mobile uh, aircraft carrier, you know, it's just like a lot. You can go in, you can get your buffet. Mama can play her nickel slots. You can have a nice afternoon. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Uh, second only to the Las Vegas airport. Listen to a Christopher Cross cover band. <laughs> <laughs> it was a simpler time. So the ship launched in 1891 and was involved in a number of mishaps over the years. Uh, Just four months after it launched, the ship ran aground off the Rockaway Peninsula and had to be freed by tugboats. (laughs) So uh, I I would encourage everyone just kind of enjoy this this section of the podcast. Yes. Yes. It's a it's a it's like a farce and it's Mm -hmm. it's very goofy and we're not really dealing with a lot of death and destruction. Enjoy the levity right now (laughs) because there will be none after this is the last rest stop for 500 miles. Drink it in. This is like the first three seasons of a prestige television drama where all your favorite characters are alive and they're just kind of getting up to fun stuff. (laughs) Sure. Things haven't really started popping off yet. Yeah. We haven't uh, taken Adriana for a little ride out into the country. (laughs) Yeah. Big still hanging out. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Now I'm sad. Anyway, a few years after the last run aground on July 29th, 1894, the Slocum hit a sandbar so hard that its electric generator went out. Then just a month after that, the Slocum ran aground off Coney Island during a storm and its passengers had to be transferred to another ship. Wow. Yeah. I guess they could have maybe... Was there a Ferris wheel yet? Yeah, I was going to say just transfer him to the roller coaster. <laughs> uh, and later that year, it collided with a tugboat in New York's East River. <laughs> it's just like a pinball out there. <laughs> well, it was built without a steering wheel. Do you know that? Yeah. <laughs> you just you just had to set it in a direction. Um, oh, I, put, I forgot to put the paddle wheels on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> Like a like a goldfish with one fin. Um, then in 1898, the Slocum again collided with another ship, this time near Battery Park. And in 1901, some of its passengers described as 900 intoxicated anarchists. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Try, tried to take control of the ship before they were fought <laughs> off by the crew. What? <laughs> Why? That's New York City, baby. Hey. <laughs> that, 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 that. A bunch of 80-pound men wearing all black tried to take over the ship. It was fine. We fought them off easily. It was, it was very simple. We just barred the doors with two guys. This is this is gangs of New York, New York City. Yeah. This, this, yeah. Is a, this is a different time. Uh, Challenge accepted. In 19, That's a kill. Uh, in 1902, the Slocum again ran aground. This time, its 400 passengers had to camp overnight before the ship was freed. Wow. Yeah. So needless to say, the Slocum had an inauspicious start to things. Mm -hmm. Start in 11 years. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A while. Despite this, though, the Slocum was billed as the, quote, largest and most splendid excursion steamer in New York. Ooh. Sometimes you just got to roll the dice. That was a big era for the use of splendid. You don't hear that enough anymore. No, not at all. Yeah, coming hot off the heels of splendiferous. Oh, God. (laughs) So this brings us to June 15th, 1904. The Slocum was preparing for a fun summer outing. The boat had been chartered by a group of churchgoers from the St. Mark's Evangelical Lutheran Church, all of whom lived in the Little Germany district of Manhattan. That can't be around anymore, right? That's definitely gone. Uh, Well, yeah, in no small part because of what we're about to talk about. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Anyway, the group paid $350 to charter the Slocum for a trip to the North Shore of Long Island. Their destination was the popular picnic spot of Locust Grove. Mm. I don't know if that's still there, but if we have any uh, Long Island listeners, and if you've been Unsubscribe. to Unsubscribe. <laughs> Get out. Hey, hey, I'm listening over here. <laughs> uh, but be on the lookout for our first live show in Montauk. Yeah. Um, that's in Long Island, right? I don't know. Mm. Cut it if it's not. Anyway, either way. we looked it up, and according to one inflation calculator, 350 bucks in 1904 is worth more than 11000 in today's what? money. Yeah. My so needless God. to say, this was a big outing for the church and its congregants. To be fair, though, half of that inflation happened in the last six months. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks, Brandon. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Were you on that lake in Austin, Brian? <laughs> uh, my lawyer advises me to not answer that question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, uh, sorry to everyone that doesn't like when we go political. Um <laughs> No, it's fine when you do jokes like that. Actually. Yeah, it's all fine. Um, uh, to those folks, I say hello. Anyway, it was a trip the church had been making regularly for the past 17 years, celebrating their annual end of school outing. The church group consisted of about 1,350 people who were mostly women and children. They all wore their Sunday best for the trip, carrying picnic baskets aboard the Slocum while a German band played on the deck. So very picturesque, very classic. Yeah. They were joined by about 30 officers and crew led by Captain William H. Van Schaik. At about 9.30 a.m., the Slocum cast off from a pier on 3rd Street near the Lower East Side of Manhattan and headed up the East River. The trip up to Locust Grove would be about two hours, just in time for a lunch picnic. Sounds wonderful. I'd love to do this. Yeah, I can stop reading. You want to go? Are we going to New York? It sounds wonderful right now, but it's that was the last nice sentence. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. So let's. Let's take a couple seconds and just sit in this Reset. German band, two hours, Sunday yeah. best picnic yeah. basket. Ready? Wait. Looking forward to this the whole year. Probably This has got to be like a highlight of the yeah, year. Yeah, I'm going to take yeah, a deep breath sure. and sit in this for a second. <sighs> now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Guys, let's talk about burnout. It has been a fact of life during the pandemic. I've had it happen to myself totally with stand-up, with podcasting, with work family, all those things. You get paralyzed. You don't want to do anything. It is the worst life. Let's be honest. It can be overwhelming. A lot of people are burned out. You might not even know it, but BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to prioritize yourself. And again, my own experience with therapy, it really does help talking with somebody, bouncing my problems off of learning strategies to help to deal with the stressors in my life, and it'll help you too. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash shiphitsfan. That's better, H-E-L-P.com slash ship hits fan. Pretty soon there was a problem. Mm. Yeah. When the ship reached 97th Street at about 10 a.m., some crew members on the lower deck saw smoke coming from the wooden floorboards of the ship. Maybe that's not good. Yeah. Remember, this is made of oak and pine. <laughs> yeah. Oak yeah. and pine. Yes. Yeah. The smoke was coming from the ship's forward cabin, which was under the main deck. We don't know what started the fire. 
but it could have been a discarded cigarette or a match. And worse, the fire was fueled by straw, oily rags, and lamp oil in the room. Come on. It's like a Looney Tunes episode. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. they light a match and it reveals that the coyote is in a room full of TNT. Yeah. Right? I th- yeah. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't know in this era how much you could really avoid having a room full of oil and rags. Because I feel all the lamp, most of the lighting is probably still Every, oil. Everything's made of wood. A, yeah. So. It was an last... oily rags based economy. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. That stuff went like hotcakes. Uh, so now this is where we need to pause and talk about safety measures that were taken on the Slocum. Uh, to sum it up. They were pretty terrible, Mm -hmm. what measures there were in place. And the lack of safety precautions made a bad situation much, much worse. I mean, they had a room full of straw, oily rags, and lamp oil to begin (laughs) with. So it's not looking (sighs) good. That's that's a highlight compared to what follows. Mm -hmm. God, yeah, it's about to get stupid. Uh, For one, the owners of this locum hadn't maintained or replaced the ship's safety equipment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, you know, fires can happen. Yeah. You know, aboard a ship. So in the event of a fire, the main deck had a standpipe connected to a steam pump, but the fire hose attached to the standpipe had been allowed to deteriorate and tear in several places. Come on. Yeah. Come on. And even if it had been in perfect working order, the crew had not practiced a fire drill that year. Hmm. It is June. Yeah. It is halfway through 1904. Bad bad management there. Bad supervisors. And, yeah. you know, fi- fire drills, I would say, more we're more attentive to them today. But fires back then, way more destructive. Yeah. It would yeah. just wipe like out. wiped out Chicago. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And San Francisco. Seattle, gone. Yeah. They just rebuilt it. Yep. Um, so <laughs> that's where we are. Meanwhile, the Slocum's lifeboats were tied up and inaccessible. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the Slocum's lifeboats were tied up and inaccessible. Good. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, oh, and a lot of the life jackets on board, which were supposed to be filled with, you know, cork material. Right. Was instead filled with iron bars. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Brian, this was to meet a weight requirement or something? I believe so. Yes, it was basically just cutting corners all over the. Oh place. my god! And what like, a corner they to cut! They needed to weigh a certain amount. Yeah. Again, like a Looney Tunes episode. Like yeah. when somebody is falling and they have a parachute and they open it and it's a cinder block. Yeah. Just, oh, just awful. But yeah, that was to meet minimum content requirements for the ship. Other life preservers had cheap granulated cork, and some of the canvas covers of the jackets were rotted and split. Ugh. All right. So back to. June 15th. After being alerted to a fire, the crew of the Slocum ran below to the source of the blaze. They turned on the ship's fire hose, but the rotted linen wouldn't hold water. The crew tried to replace the ruined hose with a rubber one, but they couldn't because the bad hose was stuck to the standpipe. They had a rubber hose. It just wasn't. I'm sure it was like rusted and like stuck on there. You know, when like a hose is stuck on for years. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. But the fact that they had one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And after failing to attach that rubber hose, the crew gave up firefighting efforts. Yeah. I guess what could they do? Right. I mean, yeah. Don't worry, Patrick. Okay. It gets worse. Oh, good. Captain Van Schaik wasn't notified of the fire until 10 minutes after it was discovered. My God. According to one report, a 12-year-old boy tried to tell him of the fire, but he wasn't believed. 
away from me, so, boy. So, so was he not notified for 10 minutes or was he willfully ignorant <laughs> yeah. for 10 minutes? Someone get this ragamuffin out of my sight. <laughs> get off of me, you cretin. Finally, a respectable adult crew member told Van Schaik what was going on, saying that they, he said, away from me. <laughs> um, they said that they had encountered a blaze that could not be conquered and that it was like trying to put out hell itself. Whoa. Wow. Someone get this middle-aged ragamuffin out of my sight. <laughs> Someone get this bleak poet away from me. <laughs> yeah. uh, at this point, onlookers also noticed the smoke and fire. Remember, we're in Manhattan. Yeah, we're just in the river, right? Yeah, we're, yeah. Uh, we're, we're just yeah. off 97th Street. <laughs> we're, we're, in, we're in busy New York. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so some people on the shore yelled for the captain to dock the ship immediately. But and this is during a period where New York had a middle and like poverty class as well, right? Uh, as opposed to <laughs> millionaires. <laughs> that's that's who, the only people that live there now. I, as, I, that's my understanding. <laughs> oh, oh, coastal elites. Yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. Of course. That of was course. back when poor people lived in Manhattan. I right, guess. right, right. Okay. Uh, but Van Schaik was apparently worried that the ship's steering gear would break down due to the strong currents and might leave the Slocum stranded. Mm, yeah. So instead of trying to dock, Van Schaik ordered full speed ahead. He was trying to reach a pier at 134th Street, but a tugboat captain warned him off, worried that the ship might ignite some lumber stored at the pier. Yeah. Yeah, we just got a big shipment of oily rags. We'd rather <laughs> you don't. So Van Schaik then headed for North Brother Island which was a mile away. His plan was to beach the ship sideways, thereby giving everyone on board a chance to escape. This feels like some hot dogging on his part. Yeah, but I'm I mean, gonna, I'm going to pull up and tump it over and we'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, what are, what are you supposed to do if your ship is on fire? I, yeah. I don't I, know. Yeah. I guess yeah. order an abandoned ship of some... But it's apparently just, the, it, shit, we, the lifeboats were tied yeah, up. Yeah, right, so, exactly. Yeah. It's just weird like that. Could you imagine like, seeing an on fire giant, that's a situation a, a, where i'm getting in the water i'm getting in the water as well but it, it, just like you're you're on a city street you see an on fire boat traveling yeah, yeah. down the river and then it and it just keeps going yeah at, oh no that pier has lumber hour. all of, over it oh no that's the matchstick factory oh no <laughs> yeah yes. it's the gasoline fountain <laughs> turn around that's the magnesium storehouse <laughs> So he's got his plan in action. He's just going to sideways beach it in some Tokyo Drift maneuver. Yeah. Uh, but the decision to keep going along with a northern wind ended up fanning the flames and causing it to spread faster on the Slocum. Oof. And obviously, passengers started to panic as fire began to engulf the ship. Hundreds jumped overboard and many could not swim. Mm -hmm. uh, as we've talked about, we talked about last week, it was not so uncommon that people could not swim yeah. in this in this time period. Yeah, they didn't have five dollar classes at the Y back then. No, no, teacher, teacher absolutely kid. not. Yeah, um, life jackets were distributed only for some people to discover that they were rotten and, in many cases, filled with iron. I my God have no words. I I just you're not even thinking. You probably put it on. And go. That's weird. It's kind of heavier than I would have expected. And then you jump in the water wearing an iron-filled life vest. Yeah. What? what th that's... How can that be how you cut corners? I don't know. I you don't know. You made it actively worse. It's yeah. like... It's actively worse. Yeah, you are... How... Oh, my God. It's so horrifying. It's like, you can't put the iron anywhere else to I, meet these requirements. I don't know. 
Good Lord. It... <sighs> yeah, so... Um, yeah, they put they put iron bars inside the cork materials to meet minimum content requirements of six pounds of good cork at the time. So they're just padding this good cork. I guess they just had a lot of iron. I guess it was just cheap. I think just iron weights, basically, they put Yeah, in. yeah. Yeah, I think it was cheap and plentiful. Cheap and plentiful. But now you have a ship on fire and desperate mothers are putting life jackets on their children and tossing them into the water. Only to watch as their children sink. Yeah. Because you basically just put a weight around a child who can't swim. It's oh. just, it's, it's horrific. And even now, 120 years later, it is maddening yeah. that yeah. anyone would let this happen. Others found that their heavy wool clothing weighed them down in the river. As we said, most of the passengers couldn't swim. They're wearing formal wear too yeah. for a picnic. Oh yeah. One newspaper called it, quote, a spectacle of horror beyond words to express. A great vessel all in flames, sweeping forward in the sunlight within sight of the crowded city, while her helpless screaming hundreds were roasted alive or swallowed up in waves. I know we said something at the top of the show that this is going to be kind of, you know, upsetting, uh, but the, the next little bit is especially uh, gruesome. Mm -hmm. So there's some, even though it's been a long time, there are some quotes and accounts that are deeply, deeply upsetting. So just giving you another heads up. I want to make sure that you have all the information. Some children were trampled in the rush to get off the ship. Mm -hmm. uh, one boy shimmied up the ship's flagstaff, but eventually the heat became too much and he dropped into the flames. Oh my God. The Slocum's middle deck eventually collapsed and passengers were thrown overboard. One man engulfed in flames leapt over the port side of the boat only to be swallowed by the giant paddle. What? That sucks. Oh my God. I don't even know what to say oh. about that. I guess yeah, everyone's also wearing, it's all wool. It's all wool. So it's just, you're wearing <laughs> like a fire starter. One witness said they saw a yacht from the New York Yacht Club arrive on the scene while the slogan was burning. He said the yacht's captain stood on the bridge with field glasses, quote, seeing women and children jump overboard in swarms and making no effort to go to their assistance. He did not even lower a boat. Oh, great. <sighs> yacht owners. <laughs> Basically, uh, 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 they're yes. consistent. I say, let's let's get out there and see what, what this is all about. Let's take a gander, shall we? Yeah. Oh, no. I just... The rabble appear to be screaming and on fire. Ugh. This makes this this gets the the biggest response for me. Just, ugh, just that. Yeah, you got ugh. your little opera glasses right, watching just, a bunch of people die. Disgusting. Just just yeah. stay. Just stay put. Don't don't go to this. Well, despite the cowardice of some uh, some yacht owners, there were acts of heroism. Right. One firefighter named Edward McCarroll jumped into the water from his boat and pulled an eleven year old girl out of the river. As he was going back for another, he was grabbed by a woman who pulled him underwater, begging him to save her boy. Oof. And amazingly, he managed to drag the child into his ship. Wow. So he's not just one month on the hunky firefighter calendar. He's the yeah, whole year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it is a small, but I guess bright light in this awful, awful uh, turn of events. Uh, crews from nearby tugboats were also credited with pulling in people by the dozen. So finally, despite the fire, Captain Van Schaik grounded the Slocum sideways about 25 feet from the shore of North Brother Island. Okay. So he, he did do what he, he intended yeah. to do. Unfortunately, the, the 
The wind really picked up on the way there. Mm -hmm. So rescuers swarm as close as they could to the ship and pulled survivors out to safety. Some nurses threw debris and objects for survivors to cling to. Others dove into the water and started pulling passengers out, but the heat made it impossible to get too close to the ship, and it was eventually completely engulfed in flames. Kind of amazing that it wasn't completely engulfed in the mile it took to get to North Brother Island. Yeah. Given the fact that it was all wood. Ten minutes after the ship was beached, the fire had engulfed the Slocum. No more than 20 minutes had gone by since the first flames came up from the lower cabins. Keep in mind, 10 of that is uh, the captain not knowing about it or ignoring some some boy. But however, to his credit, by some accounts, the captain was the last person off the Slocum jumping into the water, badly injured from the fire. Okay. So, yeah, the death toll was enormous. Just an hour after the disaster, more than 150 bodies were laid out on blankets across the island, most of them women. Do you know what that island was? North Brother? Yeah. No. It was like a smallpox island. Really? Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, there was like a hospital there for, uh, I think, smallpox people. So it was basically like a, you would get sent there to die, essentially, or like maybe recover. I think I've heard recover, of this island, but yeah. Like, they couldn't, yeah. So it's still there. It's a bird sanctuary. I mean, obviously, it's still there. It's an island. <laughs> uh, it is, it's a bird sanctuary now, though. Oh, that's But nice. it's cool. There's like all the old abandoned hospitals and stuff are still on there. Oh, that's interesting. There's some really interesting yeah. videos about... Uh, there's, a, there's a few islands like that around New York City, I think. Yeah. There, some of them, a lot of them have dark histories with being at like yeah, psych hospitals <laughs> yeah, or yeah. mass grave sites and yeah. stuff. So a, a lot of history in a very conde- uh, condensed area. Yeah, we don't have a good history of the way we make use of islands, I feel like. We use them for no, it's, things. No, it's pretty bad, yeah. Um, leprosy yeah, is a big one. Uh-huh. Oh, leper colonies, yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway, <laughs> it's just so bleak. It's just so bleak. Yeah. Rescued children walked around the beach in a daze. Despite the catastrophic loss of life, there were also stories of survival, including a 10-month-old boy who floated the shore uninjured. The orphan child was taken to a nearby hospital until his grandmother identified him. Wow. Or at least someone claiming to be his grandmother. Some well-meaning woman. Maybe she was lonely. In another incredible true story, an 11-year-old boy, Willie Kepler, had gotten on the ship without his parents' permission and survived the ordeal. Oh, awesome. That's like some standby me stuff. This is a great Jump on a ship. Yeah. Yeah. Coming home soaking wet at the end of the night. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. Fearful of being punished for going on the trip, Willie didn't return home until he what? saw his name in the newspaper listing among the dead. Oh, God. Wow. Willie. Oh, you gotta, you gotta get there. He, he was quoted by a newspaper saying, I thought I'd come home and get the licking instead of breaking me mother's heart. <laughs> Just taking so many liberties with the- uh, Thought I'd come home and get the licking instead of breaking me mother's heart. That's back when they they wrote quotes in dialect. Back yes, yeah, basically. Yeah. Do you want to read the next quote yeah, he said? Sure. So Willie went on to say, So I'm home and me mother only kissed me and me father gave me half a dollar for being a good swimmer. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how they showed emotion too. Even it's in like, 1904, you weren't going to get a whip in then. They, they were no, so no. happy. 
Yeah. So, so happy that, but again, the only way that the father can show emotion is to Give him a hand, hand his son, who he just found out was still alive. <laughs> After thinking he had perished in a riverboat fire. For who knows how long. I mean, it could have been like a days, maybe. I think it was I like, he, yeah, he like stayed away two, for like yeah, a day or so. Yeah. yeah. And then he saw his name in the news. Like, here's a half dollar. Yeah, dude, a, and not for being swimmer. alive. Yeah, you're a good swimmer. Yes. That's awesome. Come here, Willie. I have a present for you. Step into the study, Willie. Ah, you're alive. We <laughs> presumed you dead. Here's a half dollar. <laughs> Run along now. His mom's just <laughs> sobbing in the, yeah, in the yeah. doorway. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just love it's so charming and silly the way it's written in the newspaper. And it's like, well, obviously I'm gonna stay true to the boy's uh, spoken word. Right. Naturally. Of course. Let me quote the hair- street urchin in the style of which he spoke <laughs> to me. Not even a hair tussle, just a half dollar, yep. maybe a pat on the back. Yeah. In all, an estimated 1,021 people died, mostly women and children. It was the worst disaster in New York City's history until September 11th, 2001. How many people were dying in factories every day, though? That's, That's true. true. <laughs> really? yeah. 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 The worst thing, the worst loss of life at one time. At once, yeah. Like a single episode thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Criminal charges were brought in the aftermath of the disaster. Eight people were indicted by a federal grand jury, including Captain Van Schaik, two inspectors, and a number of officials on the Knickerbocker Steamship Company, including the President, Secretary, Treasurer, and Commodore. Oof. It is not often you see so many people no. held accountable. No. But of those, only Captain Van Schaik was convicted. Mm. So we did not see them held accountable accountable. Yeah. He was found guilty of criminal negligence for failing to maintain proper fire drills and fire extinguishers. Yeah. The jury could not, however, reach a verdict on the other two counts of manslaughter. Van Schaik was sentenced to 10 years in prison and eventually served three and a half before he was paroled. I wonder, like, I mean, I, this is just my ignorance, but is the captain responsible for maintaining fire extinguishers? I don't, I, I think... Like, how much authority does he have? Yeah. I mean, is that under his... I mean, we've seen this before that captains have an inordinate inordinate amount of power uh, uh, aboard the ship. And I I think, like, he may have been a convenient fall guy. I guess he's also probably responsible for the guy responsible for maintaining all that. Yes, he oversees all of it, right? So the buck stops with him. Certainly not the people that own the company. Not an executive. No, yeah, Uh, obviously, yeah. But, I mean... Yeah, I, 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 it, it all. Leads I mean, it up might have been him. this. I'm, yeah, I'm, just I, I'm not sure. It, it could, works, it could yeah. have been. He could have been entirely complicit. He could have known yeah. exactly yeah. what was. I mean, fire drills. That seems like captain stuff. That's captain stuff. Yeah. Um, just keep the keeping up of the ship, making sure that your life jackets don't have steel in them. Steel, he, he, yeah. de- he well, probably iron. knew about that yeah. or iron. Yes, yeah. I'm assuming he was clued into that. Mm-hmm. A federal report in 1904 blamed Van Schaik for the loss of life, writing. The evidence before the commission establishes the fact that the master made no attempt whatsoever to fight the fire, to examine its condition, or to control, assure, direct, or aid the passengers in any way, whatever. An essential fact of negligence is the utter failure of the master to fight the fire or aid the passengers. Very little assistance was given or control exercised by any of the officers or crew on behalf of the passengers. Uh, Van Schaik later argued he was trying to avoid having the fire spread to riverside buildings and oil tanks. I mean, I suppose so. And he he did get it to where it was going, but uh, you could probably call that damage control for things that he had not yeah. taken care of before. Or someone hadn't. It seems like he made a bad decision, but in maybe good faith. 
Yeah. It was a yeah. bad judgment call. Yeah. 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 Although, like, I, I don't know exactly what happened. Maybe getting it to the beach actually did save a decent amount of people. The fact that he was yeah, one of who the, knows. maybe the last person or one of the last people off the ship, I think, tells of some of the Yeah, story. he at least tried. He did something. He didn't, whether or not he, like, it shouldn't have had iron life jackets yeah. on board. Is oh, thing. yeah. There's but, corruption. Yeah. There's foolishness. Yeah. There's um, ignorance. Uh, and and um, I guess we're giving him as little credit as, or we're giving him what credit we can. I, I don't know. President Theodore Roosevelt declined to pardon Van Schaik, and he was not released until the Federal Parole Board under the William Howard Taft administration voted to free him on August 26th, 1911. He was pardoned by President Taft about a year later. Um, How do you get a presidential pardon? Hey, must I? Yeah, who knows? I don't know. Maybe, maybe he was a fall guy, though. I don't know. I, it's so hard for us to say, and it's all speculative, really, on our end. Uh, the Knickerbocker Steamship Company, which owned the ship, paid a small fine despite <laughs> evidence that they might have falsified inspection records. Yeah. God damn it. Maybe. Managers of the Nonpareil Cork Works, which supplied the defective cork to the life jackets, were indicted but not convicted. Sure. Great. Investigators later found that the life preservers on the Slocum had been manufactured in 1891 and had hung above the deck unprotected from the elements for 13 years. Very good. This is a ship that had run aground and hit tugboats repeatedly. <laughs> you needed yeah. those life jackets. You needed those. After the disaster, a number of federal and state regulations were passed to improve the emergency equipment on passenger ships. The remains of the General Slocum were salvaged and converted into a 625-ton barge named Maryland. It sank in the Atlantic oh. Ocean off the southeast coast of New Jersey during a storm on December 4th, 1911, while carrying a cargo of coal. Everyone on board survived. Wow. Yeah. Imagine seeing a boat like that in the ocean. It's a steamship, <laughs> like yeah, not a steamship, but like those river boat, like I'm the assuming, wheels. Do you think it had the paddles like that? Is that seaworthy? I it must be. I mean, it's a huge ship, so yeah. And they're not like in open water, and it sounds like it sunk when it encountered uh, uh, some pushback. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. It managed to run aground in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean and a heretofore yeah. undiscovered island. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We claim this America. <laughs> so the people, you know, ostensibly responsible for this didn't really have to pay aside from the captain, but unfortunately yeah. there was a huge human toll and, and yeah. beyond just the initial loss of life. Uh, the, de the disaster devastated the community of Little Germany. Men were left without their families. Schoolyards were suddenly empty. About 1% of Little Germany's population was killed in the disaster, but many of those lost belonged to some of the most established families in the community. Some grieving parents, spouses, children, and friends committed suicide in the aftermath. Oh. Many of those in the neighborhood moved uptown to the Upper East Side to be closer to the scene of the disaster, establishing a new German town in the area. Others returned to Germany. Yeah. The downfall of the little Germany community was further accelerated by World War I a few years later, which led to widespread anti-German sentiment in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Eventually, little Germany, which had already been in decline before the disaster, disappeared. Yeah, but I bet there's some beautiful condos there now. <laughs> yeah, probably. Oh, yeah, you know it. Yeah, I read a thing that, like, Germans were the biggest immigrant group in America and had sort of a strong culture, kind of like what you would associate now with, like, Irish and Italians and a lot of other groups. 
But after yeah. World War One and especially World War Two, they just I feel like they all just decide ah, we're just going to blend in with. Yeah, we're just going to be Americans European. now, I yep. think. Yeah. yeah, just vaguely. Yeah. I'm from I'm from Texas. That's that's all. That's all you need to know. About you, yeah, right. yeah, you were telling us about that 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 ethnic group was like pretty significant. Yeah. Oh yeah. German, German immigrants. Czech, to Texas. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I had no idea about that. Uh, but anyway, the Lutheran Church, whose congregation chartered the ship, was converted to a synagogue in 1940 after the area was settled by Jewish residents. A few years after the disaster, in 1906, a memorial fountain was built in Tompkins Square Park in Manhattan by the Sympathy Society of German Ladies. It was inscribed, They are Earth's purest children, young and fair. The Slocum has been mentioned in various books over the years. Most notably, the Irish author James Joyce makes references to the disaster in Ulysses, whose events take place one day following the fire on the Slocum. And we've all read Ulysses many times. Of course. Yeah. yeah. You, you don't need to talk it's to requirement. me about Joyce. Oh, yeah. 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 On, the show. on January 26, 2004, the last surviving passenger from General Slocum, Adela Wotherspoon, died at the age of 100. She was a six-month-old infant at the time of the disaster. Wow. Ooh, yeah, that one's oh, a bummer. God, that one was. That was a doozy. That was yeah. rough. That was Woo! that's that's uh, I guess that's this season's Donya Paz. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just this one was so hard to write. Yeah, I mean we we cover a lot of death, and uh, normally when there's so much distance, it it is a a little bit. There's usually less of it, and it doesn't quite still pack so much of a punch. But wow, this one's awful. Yeah, once you have like those firsthand accounts, it's. We can sound the honorable mention, Foghorn, and we did have one planned, but this episode was just so gruesome and so dark and so. And the honorable mention is so stupid. <laughs> it's maybe the stupidest we'll save we've that. had yet. We'll save. Yeah, we'll, we'll, don't we'll save worry. It we'll do it. Future episode, but it That's feels totally off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, Brian, give us a Foghorn just for old time's sake. There we go. Feels good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's the show. Um, rate, review, follow us. Ship hits pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Got it. Got to get posted on those. I do. Yeah, because it is something that people expect, and we're supposed to be doing every week. I keep the Twitter updated. I just have to. Do you put, with photos? Uh, sometimes. 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 I'm yeah. on there pretty regularly. Part of the, oh, part of the thing. You what, are. If you, what if you posted for the account? Thing. Well, you know I don't do social media. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> may your bones bleach in these stands. Bye. Bye. See ya.